special episode of journey doses today don't we ash yeah we do ty super special (laughs) why is it so special jason it is special because uh we are blessed to be in your presence and we are just honored wow wow who's we you're making Uh, them intro themselves great (laughs) (laughs) we being myself zayna uh, and yours truly, Jason. Yeah, and that was just an incredible self-introduction. I'll bring it a little bit more for- formally back around to them. Today, we have Jason Olivia and Zaina Zukari on the podcast. Zaina has been here before. Jason has not. They are in a romantic partnership, from what I can see. Maybe they don't call it that. I don't know. We'll let them describe that. But they're both very special people to us. Uh, Jason is my coach. Zaina is Ashley's coach. And... Ashley and I are in a relationship too. So we're in this fucking crazy dynamic. We're in a and, bubble. And it's super fun for us to be able to have both of them on here today. So thank you both for being here together today. Thank you for showing up however you decide to show up. And welcome back, Zaina. <laughs> and Z and Jay are both part official tribe members. This is true. Uh, and I I don't know, you probably had ideas, Tyler, of where we would start this, but could I just suggest it would be really fun to go to ground zero of how the four of us, like the beginning of the four of us, which would be Costa Rica, which I just, is that okay a place for you to start, Tyler? Yeah, I wanted people to know Jason a little bit more first because they don't really know Jason as much. Jason, before we go there and how all of us kind of begun our relationship, do you mind sharing a little bit who you are, why you are? Uh, thank you, Tyler. Uh, let's see. <laughs> Born and raised in New York. Family of uh, two other siblings, mom, dad. Um, a lot of college, a lot of different schools. And um, I don't know. Let's see. Spent most of my professional career in healthcare, pediatric hospitals, working as a consultant and an administrator. And also then uh, dealt with some of my health challenges, which led me into exploring holistic health. My chiropractor years ago in Cincinnati, Ohio, had a Paul Check book, How to Eat, Move, and Be Healthy on his coffee table. 
that introduced me to exploring some of the ideas around my health and what the heck might be going on. Uh, there was a local checkie there and I hurt my back pretty bad. No one else can fix me. I had been through all kinds of help. And next thing you know, um, she had me uh, mobile, functional uh, within 48 hours. Uh, and that caught my attention quite a bit. And then that led into just continuing my, my journey into holistic health, uh, took a bunch of classes and certifications through the Czech Institute. And that led into eventually wanting to spend more time coaching uh, through the holistic health lens, because being in the hospital and working with researchers and physicians and nurses, uh, I experienced them in different shades of gray, as sick as the patients that they were taking care of, but in different perspectives. And um, I just got more and more curious about health and wellness and what it meant for me. And, and I transitioned out of the hospital setting into doing holistic health coaching. And lately I've been dancing with a company called Whole Healing as well with uh, our friend Jator Peter. And uh, that's been fun. And hanging out with this lady, I guess, is a, a milestone in my life as well. So. <laughs> and what a beautiful segue. Jason, make sure you don't turn your face away from the computer when you speak, okay? Get your shit together. <laughs> but thank you for that beautiful share what, and, and, and background okay. around yourself. I, I, I appreciate it. I feel like I learned something a little bit new about you every time you describe more about yourself. But that is a great segue into you, into this new chapter with Zaina here. It, would anybody like to share, Zaina, maybe you'd like to share about your experience of meeting Jay, how we all met, and, and that situation? So we all met um, <clears throat> at the end of July in Costa Rica. You guys were, the three of you were coming to an ayahuasca retreat at Soltara, where I was facilitating yoga and also taking part in the ceremonies. And, you know, there the bus comes and the people of Soltara waiting, this ginormous Viking comes, this super tall guy with this super cute blonde chick walk off the bus. And, you know, I, I was definitely um, attracted to the physique of this man, but, you know, definitely I didn't think anything of it, but we got to talking and flirting a little bit while we were in Soltara. And, um, and I would say the connection started there. Uh, when he left Soltara after a few weeks, he messaged me and we continued in our um, virtual exchange for about from for a year. And then uh, I came down to the States and, you know, consummated the relationship. <laughs> How many and times then, was that? How many times did you consummate? <laughs> And um, One, two, three, three. <laughs> yeah, what it's is been an a really beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've stopped counting. As soon as each hole is breached, that's consummation, right? Oh, okay. <laughs> so, how long have you guys been doing the doing the thing? What do you say? What's your time time frame? You know, it's funny. We were talking about that the other day, and I, 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 you know, I was him like some questions because when we met Jason was in an open relationship so um and I was like asking him how many people were you dating when I came to see you in Sedona the first time and I was 
shocked at some of the answers that I gave. But, uh, and because I was checking with myself, like, you know, how long have I had this person in my mind? And I remember when I was doing my certifications in Budokan, Miami, some of the girls there were trying to set me up with some guys. And I never was interested because in the back of my mind, I knew I wanted to get together with him at some point. So I would, I had no interest in just like a random encounter. And I like to add the story because then in my mind, we've been together for a few years and not <laughs> one. So it's my way of embellishing. <laughs> so the, the long of it is depends on what's your definition of consummate. Uh, what, what's your definition of when did this start? Because in my mind, it's been a few years, a couple of years. Well, maybe you can both speak to your own experience of what a real attachment looks like at the beginning. Like, when is that real for both of you? What do you mean by attachment? Like, For you, you were describing, even though you hadn't like really consummated air quotes, there was a part of you that was still attached or looking forward to you actually experiencing him right so maybe it started sooner for you and maybe not for jason and you know could be at the same time as well but when did it feel like okay i have a part of my heart looking towards this person now um that's a great question tyler so I don't know. I always jokingly say the minute I saw her, I was attracted to her and there was a vibe about her that I enjoyed. So subtly, maybe um, it started then. Uh, And then I would say the first milestone was probably in the fall, like three or four months after we left Solterra was I could see myself uh, emotionally starting to attach and emotionally reacting and responding to my attachments and connection with what she represented to me, what I enjoyed. Uh, And uh, almost all of, well, all of it was through periodic phone calls or FaceTime, but most of it was through WhatsApp because she was in Costa Rica. So uh, that was a unique and a unique experience to start basically our first nine months where it was just written communications like 95 percent of it and i miss that part of our partnership sometimes you know there's been moments where i've gone to montreal we've had like six week gaps and i there's an element of our partnership that started virtually a way that we got to know each other that i sometimes miss that virtual texty exchange because we show up differently on messages than we show up in person we're more, in my experience of myself, I'm more apt to share on text than in person. There's a little bit more intimidation, not anymore, but at the beginning. So you're saying I intimidated you? In the beginning? Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> I think that there's something behind that as well. And I have, we haven't explored this, but uh, I've considered it. What it would be like to play on text message or sexting in a way even though we're not far away from each other could be super fun even if you're just in a different room or you know I'm driving to the grocery store and she's <laughs> texting me like you know well, fill, I fill in, do that while you're driving fill in but... the blanks but you know it could be fun <laughs> to kind of revisit those things I have a question 
Don't ask me for permission. Okay. What did <laughs> ask, you have something you want to say? I always have something to say, but go ahead. Okay. Thanks. Yeah. Um, so Jason, so in Zana's explanation, when you met Jason, he was in an open partnership. What like Zana, have you ever been in an open partnership before? And if not, what do you think about you and your characteristics and your life experiences set you up to be able to even accept jumping into that relationship structure? We've talked about that eh, a little bit. A tad. A tad, yeah. <laughs> you know, um, looking back at looking back at my life, I can see why I would look for partners who aren't available. I can see that there there is a pattern in my life that I maybe um, attract, seek, however you want to, men who aren't available. A way to protect myself, I can't be rejected. He's already not available. I mean, we can go into the psychology of that. So the fact that now retrospectively looking, I had that pattern unconsciously. That's why maybe I allowed myself to think about entertain uh, being in an open uh, relationship. And I was very interested in being with a man who's in a relationship and his partner is okay with him being with someone else. It felt freeing for me. Like I'm not doing anything wrong. So you know, it's interesting as she shares that story, which she also shares the following story in my experience was when we were in Solterra and we were sitting in the kitchen area with the tables and it was just her and I, and that was the night Tyler, I used, I grabbed your massager and your massage gun. And I was like, Hey, uh, I got a bar for this. <laughs> and I thought I was going to use that as an in. And so next thing you know, I bring, you know, the massage gun and we're talking, I was like, Hey, if you want, I can, you know, work this on you. And she was like, no, no, it's okay. If anything, I'll use it on myself. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> message number one. And then we got to talk. And so the funny was, is that we were kind of leaning in towards each other a little bit, the more that we were talking. And then she's like, so, you know, are you in a relationship? And I said, yeah, I'm in an open, uh, open relationship. And she went from, let's just say one feet, two feet apart from each other to leaning back like about four feet says, oh, okay. <laughs> and so it's, it's very interesting on how she says, I have sought or found people who are already in relationship and yet the, the physical reaction, the purity of the reaction indicated uh, something else. Yeah, and I'll tell you, I only came to that conclusion retrospectively when we had that conversation a few weeks ago. I wouldn't have known because, yes, my initial, my initial reaction was like, I, I'm not going to mess with this shit because <laughs> I know myself and I get attached. And I was like, I don't want to mess with that. So, yeah, interesting. Lucky for you that I... Lucky for me. Lucky huh? for you that I had a pattern. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, uh, I mean, my experience of that situation was amazing. Like to, to, like I saw Jason light up as he got to know you a little bit more. And he was telling us like, I'm going to go talk to this woman. Like I'm excited. Like and I'm, I'm getting nervous for him. I'm over here like sweating, like, Oh dude, this guy's open relationship. We're in the middle of ayahuasca retreat right now. He's going to go explore. Oh my God. Like <laughs> it's crazy. And then he'd come back. I think that first night that, or maybe 
the longer night that you guys began to communicate, he was down there. You guys were talking to each other for like four hours or some like what felt like a really long time to me because we're getting ready to go to sleep and he was still down there. And we're like, all right, this must be going somewhat well. So it was really beautiful to kind of witness the the seeds being uh, planted. The inception. I feel honored that you and I, Tyler, we could witness the inception of this. For sure. Yeah. But puzzle piece over here. As far as your experience of that, though, Jason, being in ayahuasca, being in an open marriage and then beginning something new. How is that for you? That seems like a lot to chew on at that time. Um, and I know you can eat a lot, but still, (laughs) (laughs) you know, for me, it was, um, you know, I think they always advocate a certain level of focus mentally, emotionally, and spiritually when you're in ceremonies. So I was willing to dabble, but I had some borders and boundaries that I wasn't going to cross while there, but I hoped, I, I don't know. I mean, as you asked that question, I'm sitting with it. And I know that that sounds about right for me. And, you know, personally, I think it was maybe more of the flirtiness that I enjoy um, as I sit with it real time. And, you know, I had to be at the time honest is like, okay, uh, she's from the UAE. She's here for a very small window of time. We're in Costa Rica. I'm leaving in seven to eight days uh the likelihood of the probability of seeing this chick again is like slim to none so what the hell am i doing um so i guess all of that played into it to say i'm not sure sometimes um i also if i can interject and say i also feel like um maybe and maybe i'm projecting maybe do you have a little bit of a rebellious nature because i remember like there's this particular dieta that they've prescribe or recommend before you're going into an ayahuasca retreat or ceremony. And I remember you kind of saying that some of those things you weren't really explicit about following, like you were like, "Eh, you know, and so do you feel like there's a rebellious part of you? What, what has made you feel so confident that you can embark in ayahuasca ceremonies at the same, without kind of falling into that prescription? I think I was a little jaded when, after I went to Peru to do our first ceremonies and hearing how maybe some of the instructors and others handled it day in and day out and how they interpreted it as, well, we try to really push that. There's a certain level of truth or purity from a shaman perspective from what I understand. And then there was another perspective to say is we try to do that because for clients, we try to be em- emphasized to really have some borders and boundaries around certain things that may not necessarily have to be as rigid, but we do it for the client's benefit. So that kind of stuck with me to say, okay, um, if you're that flexible with it within yourselves, then I don't, I'm not a rule follower for the sake of following rules. So maybe that might be something to be said, Ash. Um, but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I was like, I really appreciated the vibe and the energy. So I was willing to just take a risk and just hang out and enjoy my time. And if nothing happened, at least I had a good conversation and, uh, it was cool. It was fun. <laughs> so the seed was 
planted. And then about nine months of virtual interaction took place. And then bang, all of a sudden, where's the first meetup? And what is what is taking you both over the edge to be like, okay, I'm finally willing to meet this person, even though we're in totally different situations in our lives? You know, I really feel like our meeting was meant to be because it was like in the midst of Corona, the borders to Canada were closed because uh, I had tried to come in May, but the borders were closed. And then uh, just before June 9th, the border the day before opened on June 9th, I had already booked my ticket and I came through. And even when I had come back January 4th, the borders the day after closed. So I really feel when the universe wants something to happen, it happens. So the first time I came down and physically saw him was in Sedona in June 9th, uh, 2020. And at what time? <laughs> he picked me up at the airport. And after that meeting, we hung out for a week. It was beautiful. And I had a really profound experience intimately with him. And I really didn't, I didn't know after that meeting what would be, I, I, I'll be very honest. I, I mean, it was, we had a beautiful one week together, but I, I also could tell that he had a lot going on in his life. So I didn't know what kind of time and space he had for, say me. And I think like two or three weeks after he called me, I was in California and he's like, how do you feel if I come down to San Jose? And I was like, uh, okay. And he came down. For, oh, okay. Yeah, he came down. Was for, that really how you felt? Just okay? I was excited that you called and asked how would I feel about you coming down. And I think after that, I went to Seattle and that visit to Seattle, I, I, can, I could tell that I was starting to have strong feelings for him. I would say. And how was your experience of developing those strong feelings and meeting up more and more with where he was with his relationship gary uh, a lot of um it was a beautiful growth lesson for me because i leaned into giving myself what i need um, i have a tendency to lose myself in relationships and feeling like when i uh, and this relationship, him having his own relationship uh, allowed me those times where I wanted to seek him for validation for certain things. And he wasn't available. And at times he wanted to digitally detox. And I was part of that detox. I talked about that yesterday. And in those moments, I had to like, it was a beautiful growth experience for me because I had to give all the things I was seeking to get from an outside person to myself. So it was really very profound for me. And it made me appreciate the relationship, the partnership more because it was so different from any partnership I've ever had where it was very easy for me to outsource my needs to my partner. In this one, I had to do it for myself. And in that it was challenging, but there was freedom as well because it wasn't a dependency anymore. Real quick, I was just gonna add Tyler and Ash. So for me, I think what perked most of, of my interest is our texting uh, and then the honesty and the authenticity um, about the questions we asked um, to like, really like, what, do you, what would you hide from your partnerships and why? Um, 
<clears throat> how are you dependent? How do you want? How would you want me in a normal relationship to parent you? How do I would want you to parent me? We talked about you know the eighty twenty rule. We talked about a lot of you know a lot of the inner child shadow work that we've taken classes all together with in shades of, of gray and Aster, all of them and vice versa. And then she started getting really good at the questions I was asking, asking it back towards me, right? But eventually it led to like, okay, um, you know, are you circumcised or not? I remember, <laughs> um, are, are you shaven or not? Or, uh, you know, just funny, goofy things to sexual things to just jokingly things like, tell me the top 10 things that you like most and least about your mom and your dad and your ex and all those fun questions. So by the time we actually met, we had a fairly robust um, perception of each other. And then it was, now I get to meet the person uh, and I had not seen her since Solterra. So it was kind of cool. Are you circumcised or not? Just kidding. I, I just, that was, that, no, 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 I'm like, I, I'd like to know. That, that was please, the one that I needed to circle back to. Could you so. please elaborate? <laughs> what exactly is circumcision? Just kidding. Uh, thank Let you. Let him answer. He'll oh, answer. Okay. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah, you're circumcised. <laughs> she, she said to me, it was almost like a deal breaker because if you're not, I don't know if I could have been spending any time. Say that one more time. She said, are you circumcised or not? And I said, yes. She goes, oh, you could just, oh, thank God. Because if you weren't, I don't know if I could have moved forward with you or not, because it's that important to me. I was like, woo, thank really? goodness. Yeah. Would, yes. you, would, you, would you care to elaborate on why that's so important to you? Uh, because like in the past, uh, men who aren't circumcised, I get a yeast infection immediately. So I just can't go there. I mean, I've had three experiences and every single time. So I, I just don't. Um, and maybe because most of my experiences have been with men who are circumcised. That's just my preference. I, I don't like to deal with the extra skin. Well, <laughs> We're not going to go into my feelings about this. We could we could talk about this another day. Thank you for. I understand that if uh, if you have your foreskin, it, it gives the man more sensitivity. I get all that, but unfortunately, I still have a preference. Totally, totally, and I yeah. respect that. And at least you have an educated preference, though. You know, it's not just based off of like cultural assumptions. Yeah, I mean, it's your yes. experience. You're, that's yes. totally true for you. Yeah, I am circumcised as well, by the way, in case anybody listening mm -hmm. wanted to know. Okay. Hey, mom. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, something I thought would be fun to play with is, is there anything that you guys are hiding from each other now? Hmm. Was there ever anything they were ever hiding from each other? I think that was, that, that was one of the questions. I think uh, parts of me maybe were hiding my neediness, my tendency to be neediness for affection. I'm very needy, and I, I, he can, he can. I'm sure he can elaborate a lot on that. I, I, I and I'm aware of that. I'm aware that um, when I, I, I get needy. So I think that was something that maybe in the beginning of our partnership, I would work hard on hiding because I also knew that part of his attraction to me was this idea he had in his head that I'm very autonomous and an independent woman, which I am, but we all have our nooks and crannies. And I, 
So that was something that I would say I had. Do I hide that from him anymore? No, now it's very, very overtly on the table. That's why I can talk about it. Um, hmm. You know, I did share, I struggled with sharing in the beginning was um, being in a relationship, in a past relationship for so long that um, I struggled with sharing with her that Am I ready to just transition into another deep, committed relationship? And do I want to spend some time just being free, whatever that meant, well, what that meant for me? And uh, I wrestled because parts of me really enjoyed uh, my experiences with Zena. And parts of me were like, well, I would like some freedom. So I wrestled with, do I share that or not? Because I was trying to parent her to say, if I told her this, this might get her upset. And then therefore, do I say anything or not? Or, you know, if I do, then would that undermine the relationship in such a way that it's not cool? So I know that I had that. And then I just, you know, ultimately I just shared it with her to say, here's how I'm feeling. I don't need you to do anything with it. I just don't want to hide it. So here you go. And then we just, you know, we talked through. Wow. I love and all I of that. I think understood that. And it was, it, it was nice to experience hearing that because, you know, I've had lots of time by myself. So I can understand coming out of a really long-term relationship that you want to just be by yourself and discover. And that was a fear I had as well that, he's going to crave that time alone and he hasn't had it. So where's that going to play out? So So how would you describe the container of your relationship today? It's uh, it's a space where I can be playful. It's a space where I can be myself with all of my highs and lows uh, it's a place where I am constantly challenged not to fall into unconscious old habits of mine that only come up when you're in an intimate relationship and allow yourself to relax in a partnership. It's a container where, I don't know, feel safe and cozy and nice. What it's like for you. Um. <clears throat> So on one side, it's sacred, respectful, compassionate. Um, and I think on the other sides of it is challenging, you know, learning to, um, learning to live with your experiences with someone else day in and day out. That's been, that in some regards is very different than what I've experienced for a long time in the past. So there's a lot of things that, uh, feel great about that. And then there are other times, um, you know, you're just learning new habits and you're experiencing, I get to experience myself to say, <clears throat> how do I feel about that? Um, like, for example, um, Zaina is really militant about making the bed in the morning. And I never had to worry about that ever. Um, 
And so, I mean, it sounds quirky, but it's like little things that represent a new pattern. And she was like pretty clear about it. Like, this is important to me. Uh, I'm, I know I have two dogs and sometimes if the dogs initially got on the bed without the bed being made, it was like the, the different Zayna came to the surface, you know, <laughs> what the hell's going on here? I don't want, I don't want dog hairs on the bed sheets. It's disgusting, if, you know, et cetera. So, you know, you, I just took certain things for granted, uh, not any conscious intention, but you just, you know, for a long time, I, there was certain biases with somebody else. <clears throat> and now there's different biases uh, with, in my partnership of how I experienced Zena. So, um, and some of which were, were really cool. Um, so I really appreciate it. And some of it was like, okay, I got to get used to it. Um, and which is okay. And I'm sure vice versa. So th there, there are the beauties and the challenges of both. And it's been, it's been enjoyable overall. Is there a better teacher than a romantic relationship? <laughs> uh, it's a good mirror. <laughs> sure. I mean, I think also the living day in and day out, like we both work from home. He, we're in each other's space 20. There's no escaping each other. We, we know together. nothing about that at all. <laughs> Yeah, so I think also when you're in an intimate relationship with someone, like it's different. It's not like we go out to work and I see him in bits and pieces of the day. We're together all day long. And I think that's that's also a very powerful mirror when you're with someone with the ins and outs of every day. The, the facade that we might put up breaks away and you're left with what you are, the rawness of what you are. So I, I do enjoy the... I do enjoy that aspect of, of the reflection of each other. And, you know, when you're in a partnership with someone who, you know, you are say, I don't like to use these words, but like your, your thinking is in the same realm. So in the same realm, so like self-development and working on yourself to be aware and conscious and of a present time is important. It's nice when it's a partnership like this, because you can, mirror that back and forth to one another like I'll, I'll give you a classic this is a really good story at least it is for me is as Zaina says you know we both work from home and we feel like I'm we're in each other's space like 24 7 and so the other day um she was doing something I was doing something and next thing I'm going upstairs and she's like well where are you going what are you doing and I'm like I turned to her I was like Yo, can I go upstairs without being tracked? Like I got to fucking put an ankle detector on my ass. Uh, it was so classic, and I was, and I, and I definitely triggered myself about. I'm like, fuck, like, can can I just breathe? Like, you see me like 23 and a half hours a day. I'm gonna spend like 20 minutes upstairs. Like she's asking, where the hell am I going? So like, that's a perfect mirror for me to deal with some of my stuff. Uh, which I appreciate, but it, it was just like so beautiful, classic. I uh, I strongly relate. Um, I ask that all the time. <laughs> I mean, we don't really have anywhere to go. You know? like, there's no stairs. You know, there's, there's one truck. But I would just room. I'm just imagining what it would be like for me to walk to the truck and drive away without saying anything to her. Oh, you'd get so many texts. <laughs> like like <laughs> the situation though. Where are you going? When do you come back? Yeah, it would be hilarious. But yeah, we we totally 
we totally relate, obviously. And um, I got something. Can I ask? No, it's a, it's no, a, you don't. You don't have to ask me permission. Go ahead. Well, last time I did. Last time I didn't ask for permission, and you reprimanded me for not asking first. Asking me? <laughs> yeah, you'll you'll hear it when you listen back to the episode. Anyway, okay. now I won't ask, and I'll just interject. Okay. Um. So just raise your hand. Okay. I'll <laughs> I'll consider that. How about? <laughs> um. All right. Let me get my head straight. When you start to learn that an intimate relationship is one of the most powerful containers to truly learn about yourself. Um, obviously in that there's a lot of joy, but there's also a lot of struggle and challenging moments. And, you know, like Jason saying, triggering yourself and all these things come up. So what is the line between this intimate relationship is teaching me a lot about myself and that is what it should be versus versus this intimate relation okay let me rephrase that this intimate relationship can be really challenging sometimes with those challenging moments teach me about myself versus this intimate relationship is very challenging and we shouldn't be together what is how do you define that line which is i know zane has been in a marriage before as well. So I, I don't know if that comes up for you. I think there, you know, there, there's an element of growth when we're faced with challenges. And I don't want to use the word challenge. Uh, you know, I really think it's perspective. So for me, there are opportunities, right? So yeah, the opportunities that I'm growing versus this is challenging, challenging me so much. Oh, I need to drop this. Is that what you're saying? What's the difference? Yeah, yeah. Um, I would say that oh, I have to be careful because he does uh, bring things up to my attention sometimes that are the same. Um, I don't know. Can you answer that to start and then I'll jump in? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, perfect. Um, so for me, it is... Um, when two people are not on the same page, for me, if I was not on the same page with a continued willing to lean in to what equals my emotional charge and how I'm handling it and dealing with it. Um, and there doesn't seem to be a, a shared value system of how we can address and agree to disagree and maintain respectful communications about our differences. I think that's a factor. I think and feel like the willingness to both do that is a factor. Uh, I think another factor is an, on some level from a health standpoint, um, when the stress, the psychological and the physiological stress outweigh um, the ability to handle appropriately before the body starts breaking down with disease or pain is a factor I think worth considering. Um, and the other things that when I think about my past, um, I think those are the, the, there was one other thing, but it left my mind as I was answering the last point. But for now, I think those are the key things that I think about and feel into um, about 
stay go or how to how to manage t difficult or tough relationships um so yeah i would want to agree like uh you know and i want to go back to the element that we spent a lot of time before we met in person talking about a lot of these like what's healthy communication what's violent communication what are functional aspects of i mean he was very forward with these uh, pieces and parts of himself and so I think for me, what's the difference is that if we keep exactly what he said, if, if, if I think a relationship becomes challenging when you're unable to express yourself and you're holding a lot inside that it feels like you're making yourself sick, that's a warning sign. And I think one thing, Ashley, we've talked about this is respectfully agreeing to disagree in in an in a conversation or something that we're discussing is really important for me I've learned because I I can't always I can't won't don't always agree with him and, and that's the beauty is being able to be like it's okay that we don't have the same view on that so I don't know if I answered your question but that's why yeah I feel like I got glimpses of of the of your both of your answers that reflected and I think it's just interesting how obviously challenging of a question that is because anyone in their no. lifetime faces can face that and I'm hiding a little bit right now in my answer and I will put myself out on the table uh, sometimes you know in a relationship if we're constantly facing the same problem i mean it's it's a thing that then both partners need to sit down and address and sometimes i was hiding that because sometimes my smothering has been something that's come up a lot so sometimes i didn't say it because i was like oh because then he's gonna think like oh i've talked to her too much about smothering so i in a way i was hiding right now i'm like i'm not gonna hide from him so I think sometimes if you're addressing the same problem over and over and over again, that might put a stress on the relationship. So like, are you willing to look at yourself? So when he brings up that smothering over and over again, it's like, okay, do I want to be in this partnership? So am I willing to look at myself and how might I be, or how might Jason be perceiving my action and as smothering? And if I can see his perspective, can I then nudge myself in any which direction to change that a little bit if this partnership means something to me that I'm willing to put some action in place to just to adjust my behavior does that make sense definitely and sorry Jay what were you going to say uh, I was going to add so when Zaina was talking I triggered myself and recalled um, I think what is also really important is having and being clear about what your healthy limits and boundaries are is what I was going to say and then what, how she articulated that reminded me. So um, at some point we use boundaries to protect ourselves and, and feel safe. So regardless of where we're at in our respective journey within ourselves, I think being clear with your respective healthy limits and boundaries and then advocating on your healthy, healthy limits and boundaries behalf, I think is really important in trying to answer the question, Ash. I think the other thing to consider where I was saying is, uh, to add a, a nuance to this is, to the degree that I can continue to see myself in the other person, uh, 
and being a little less codependent over time to me, uh, which leads itself into the ability to parent yourself or be inter interdependent, I think is really important elements to manage oneself in a relationship or in a partnership. And without those, then it becomes really difficult, I've experienced, um, to be able to navigate a partnership. So those are the only other things I, I think wanted to share as well. So I think something that might be helpful for the listener, and either of you are welcome to do this, is to kind of share with us the experience of a trigger and how you parent yourself through that situation and then how you communicate that to the other. Oh, that's good. Because I think that, uh, well, <laughs> we don't all see that growing up, right? What is this healthy way of feeling triggered and conflicted and then communicating that and actually working on it for ourselves rather than our partner or rather than needing our partner to do something for us? So if either of you would like to share an experience, whether it be hypothetical or real, I think that would be really helpful. Well, I'm sure he can pull up some real examples for you. Go for it. <laughs> and as he does so, you know, tell me what kind of sensations are arising in your body, eh? <laughs> uh, I would first, like, I would tell she just been how she said it and just reflect it back and say, how might you be triggered with the expectation that I got some good juicy stuff? That's the kind of way we would have this, in part, have that conversation. Now, with that said, uh, a good juicy one, about two weeks ago, um, something happened here on the main floor. And um, then she walked upstairs. And it was maybe, uh, it was about maybe smothering. Um, I don't remember the exact triggering. Interfering with oh yes yes okay so her um so sometimes she was her sister was looking to purchase a, an, an assessment that uh, i do and she was playing the middle person trying to negotiate and, and etc and i kept on sharing with her hey i appreciate it but please just let me interact with her so that it removes you as the middle person and you don't have to help and put you in an awkward position. So I share that with her a couple of times. And of course, she, she intervened and was trying to be the helper again. And so uh, I went upstairs and I said, literally, I was supercharged. And I said, listen, uh, I know what I'm about to say is a reflection of me. And I want, you to, I want to be able to let you know how I'm feeling. You don't need to do anything about it. Now, I'd like to just correct something. Yeah. He's referring back to he was trying to install Loom on his computer and he couldn't figure it out. <laughs> and I could hear he's frustrated. So I came downstairs. Let me fix your story. Okay. I came downstairs and I said, Jason, you know, you can use my computer because I have an Apple computer and he's done it on my computer before. That's when he lost his shit. And he's like, I don't need you coming here and rescuing me. So I was like, OK, there, dude. And I went upstairs and that's when he came up. And he's like, I need to share something with you. I know this has to do with me. Go on now. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I stand corrected. She is absolutely right. Uh, I got my stories mixed up. So I went upstairs and I said, uh, I think I said, I apologize. Or, yes, because he was really curt with me. Yeah. And so I said, I apologize. I said, I know this is about me. And what really I triggered myself about is that I have spent 
my historical life parenting in my relationships, like parenting the other, our other partner. And one of the big things has been that I've received the consequences of doing that in a partnership, in a, in a relationship where the one person is trying to parent the other. So coming out of that, and what's of value and really important to me is that I don't want to be parented and I don't want to parent my partner. And I know that I'm to some degree over-indexing on that to try to find my middle ground for me. And so I'm hypersensitive to when she wants to start parenting me. And so my reactivity is as a result of that context. And so I went upstairs and I said, listen, I apologize. I said, for me, I want you to understand this is where I'm coming from. I know that it's about me and me trying to figure out me about what I, what are my healthy limits and boundaries about you volunteering and parenting me about this loom recording scenario with my laptop, which has literally nothing to do with loom and my laptop, but it's what it represents to me. Right. And, and so then I did go upstairs and I did share with her, I own it. It's about me. It's about, this is what's going on within me. I did say, if I remember right, uh, I appreciate you just listening because she sat and just listened and just acknowledged and validated where I was coming from, didn't fight and didn't resist and just said, I hear you. And, and then and it opened the conversation because then I was like, well, what's a partnership? If I see my partner struggling and I can help, why can't I? Because like, why can't I help? So it also opened the conversation. So the fact that when he came up to me to tell me that I'm feeling smothered, internally I felt also I'm being triggered because I felt like I'm being rejected by him so what does self-parenting look like in that moment I have to remind myself that Dana this has nothing to do with you he's simply expressing himself because it's hard for me not to interject myself into his story so that was me self-parenting and in me self-parenting I have the ability to then ask him okay Jason thank you for sharing but what does a partnership mean if I can't help my partner? So it also opens up a dialogue when I don't give into my trigger of wanting to defend myself. Does that, I hope that clarifies it. Yeah. That was wonderful. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean. What I heard that is nice about that is you, you were able to listen to Jason listen to what was coming up for yourself, parent yourself through those feelings and, and sort of avoid or, or deter from, from a natural reaction being to defend. And instead you were able to ask follow-up questions that helped you to clarify what's interesting for me, like with Tyler and I, what he said is that he sometimes want he wants like we we work on the not defending ourselves thing, and then after that it's the just listen. There doesn't need to be anything else to, that needs to be said. Just listen, and that's something that's really important for him. I want to be able to listen, and I want to be able to do what Zane is explaining. I want to be able to listen, and I want to be able to hear and parent myself so that I don't go into defense. But I also want to be able to say more than just listen like if I do have questions or like I feel like Zaina's question in this example is not necessarily a question getting clear like diving deeper into Jason or getting clarification on what he's saying but sort of like 
clarification from your own perspective of things. I don't, I don't know. I feel like I'm being jumbly. For me, Ashley, for me, being a type two on the Enneagram personality test means I'm a helper. So my curiosity with Jason and asking him like, well, we're in a partnership, you're struggling and I can help. Like, why can't I help? Was to clarify and to get a deeper look at myself at how people experiencing me because that's really the only indicator I have is how do people experience me so if, and I've had this resistance from my sister so in things like this it helps me not surrendering to the trigger and being to be like okay I hear you but can you tell me like when can I help it gives me a better idea of what space am I helping from and just understand myself a little bit better so yeah yeah, I really relate with that. And that's been quite a process for me, myself being a two as well as we have our needs met by helping people, right? We feel loved by being able to offer something that makes somebody else feel better. But it's kind of coming from an unconscious, selfish space, right? And for me, it's the door opening for me is when they ask, like when she asks, that's it. That That's when it happens. Um, ask what? For help? Yeah. Uh -huh. Or ask for something, you know, that that's when... I allow myself to do that. Uh, but the urge, the urge is there. I mean, nobody wants to see anybody else suffer, especially at two, right? Um, I, I feel like you're probably pretty empathetic as well. You're hurting when they're hurting and you don't, you don't want to hurt. You don't want them to hurt. You want to help. So it's difficult to be patient with that. I think in, to your point, Tyler, I mean, what I shared with her was uh, while I, I do appreciate the offer, uh, the volunteering or when, when I ask for help is different than constantly. And I don't mean that literally, but there's a patterning maybe is a more art, may, maybe more sensitive of a word, the patterning of jumping in and offering help without being asked for help to me is an important part of being in a partnership so that there's a respect, there's a respectful space, at least in my opinionated opinion, of me handling the computer. I knew that she could help. It, so from my worldview, it was simply, if I don't learn how to figure this out for myself, then I don't always want to constantly be saying, Zaina, 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 can you help? Can you help? Can you? When I can, with enough time, figure it out for myself, or if I'm really in a pickle, then I can say, in this instance, can you help me? And I think that that's, that's an important distinction, at least it is for me, when I was sharing this example with her to say is, I know you're more than happy and willing to help coming from your perspective that you've given voice to. And by me not asking you for help and trying to figure out for myself, doesn't mean that being in partnership means anything less to me or for me. It means that I want to have autonomy to figure my shit out. And if your needs are to help, then basically I'm inviting you to please, can you reflect on what is the driving factor here for you trying to help me? Is it really for me to be here for me and support me? Or is it really you intervening because of your needs and expecting me to respond in a certain way that says, oh yeah, please help me that just perpetuates that cycle. And of course, I being a type one on the Enneagram, when it, by default, if I'm unconscious, which happens a lot, I wanna help, I wanna fix self and others. And therefore 
I'm going to reflect it and turn it around into some kind of way I can fix Zaina from stop being such a goddamn helper. <laughs> um, I'll jump on that later. Yes. You, you can jump, jump on, on it. Jump on it now. Write it. I was just like, now, girl. Yeah, it's just like, isn't it in your like you being super militant about that in a way fixing? Yes. Like when you're constantly bringing a pattern behavior up into someone else's uh, awareness, aren't you in a way fixing them? Because you're trying to keep bringing this thing that you see as a fault in them to their attention so they can fix themselves. I totally would acknowledge, I, I would acknowledge that. And that's why I have said, in my opinion, I'm working on being aware of that and actually not volunteering an opinion or how to fix the scenario. Unless for me, Zaina jumps into my personal space of what I'm trying to do, then it becomes something that I need to uphold my boundaries on. So to me, there's a difference between trying to uphold my personal boundaries versus me overtly in, um, budging in and telling you what I think you ought to should have got to do so that you can improve yourself to me is how I segment the difference. And I want to say that one thing we always do when we're expressing a trigger to another person is it's like, I, like oh, Jason, you triggered me. Uh, oh, Jason, I feel that when you did this, I triggered myself. Da, 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 da. I'm not sharing that with him for him to own it as his truth. He just listens to it and then he can check with himself to be like, hey, was I being pushy with her? And then yes or no. And sometimes they'll come back and be like, oh, yeah, I was pushy. So I'll apologize for that. And sometimes it's like, no, that's your truth. I, that is definitely not my truth. And then I have to sit with that and figure that out for myself. So I want to sh share what I'm sharing is that when we share a trigger, it's not for the other person. They don't have to own it. It's for them to sit with to see if it's truthful for them or not. Mm -hmm. So when he comes up to me and says, hey, you, you're being smothering, I will check with myself. Hey, did I offer this help because I want to like connect with him I, or did I just offer it to offer it? And that's why I was able to ask the clarifying question because I didn't offer him my computer because I was like, <laughs> please, I want to help you. No, it was really just so when, and that's, that's why I was able to ask the, the clarifying question, because when I checked with myself, I'm like, no, I don't feel like I was smothering, you know, so I'm going to ask him, like, well, how do partners help each other? So. That was all extremely helpful. And I think that this display of conscious conflict is going to be super helpful for people and the more that we can practice that and it's really hard to do in the moment obviously we're not in those moments right now so it's easy for us to talk about it when there's emotion and charge involved it's much more difficult so we'll is there a book called conscious conflict if there isn't there should be we're writing it right now actually <laughs> exactly. um but um if we can, uh, if anybody else has anything to say about that kind of conflict resolution or things like that, jump in now. Otherwise, I want to transition a little bit. I, I just want to say like one thing I really learned from Jason that I love and it was the uh, blame, shame, uh, prove and defend. I don't know those four words really resonate with me. Like if I'm having a conversation with someone if I'm trying to blame them for things, if I'm trying to shame them for something, that's a red flag for me. 
if I'm having a conversation with someone and I don't feel like I need to prove and defend myself, it's a sign for me to stop. And I, he really drilled that as part of his like core belief. And I really adopted it. And I find that when we, when I'm triggered, those are the things I go to immediately. Like, am I, am I like trying to prove myself and defend myself? And if so, I need to sit with that to see what is it that feels true that I feel I need to defend and prove myself. I just wanted to highlight those two points. Yeah, I appreciate those words as well. And blame resonates with me the most there in conflict. Um, and I've actually experienced. I know. I've experienced uh, coaching calls with Jason around this and it's uh, it's been a repeated um, trigger that comes up between Ash and I and and um, slowly but surely recognizing what part of myself in that trigger is actually feeling that and then um, separating myself from the sensation and the trigger and realizing who that is what part of Tyler that is in those moments has been growing slower and slower, but we're always slow. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's actually her fault, but you know, um, <laughs> it's growing within me, which I appreciate. And, and you know, Tyler, um, as a two, I used to blame people. And I'm not saying it's the same way for you, but as a two, because I'm always helping people with a, Oh, I don't expect anything in return, but deep down we, we want an exchange of return. So, uh, I used to blame people for a lot of my inner discomforts. And until I owned up to like, no, you help for the sake of helping and not getting something in return until I was able to let, I, to let go of that blame and not put it on the outside and look at me myself. Um, it's actually the opposite for me now. It's the experience of being blamed in, in conflict. Um, but I've been there too. Like I would say before, you know, I started to get into this kind of work in every relationship I had before it was always externalized. So it was never me. It was always them. So I've kind of, <laughs> I'm on the other side I of the pendulum. I just want to say that, you know, thank you for interrupting me. I appreciate that. Go ahead. <laughs> Go. No, you can continue. Well, I was just going to say like in, in, I was finishing up what I was saying in those relationships, I was always blaming them. And then when I started to get into this work and more so with Ashley, the pendulum swinging the other way now experiencing blame more so probably because of that shadow part of myself still in there, just in the other, other direction. And yeah. I was going to make a joke, but now I don't feel very funny. So we can transition into whatever topic you wanted to go into. Okay, she feels triggered because I called her out her on interrupting me. <laughs> uh, uh, I didn't say that. You did, but continue. <laughs> That's my story. Um, I wanted to shift into um, more of like a sensual sexual conversation because I experience you both as being very intimate and uh, sensually loving. And um, my ex my story about people that are more mature or in long-term relationships will tend to lose that, lose the sensuality, lose the sexuality, lose the intimacy. And I am curious about your guys' perspective, your approaches, how you continue to, to maintain that in your relationship. Okay, uh, so for me, um, I think there is something to be said that foreplay begins right after an orgasm or ejaculation. So I think of that 
<clears throat> and that plays out for me is uh, playful banter uh, is one example where um, like the other day and uh, she was eating, oh, she, I gave her um, some food off of my fork and, and it was like a decent amount. It was like adjacent serving, right? But she opened up her mouth real big and I said, <laughs> and I just happened to say, I was like, Zaina, the way you open up your mouth is so beautiful. So she started giggling and laughing. So, um, you know, it's, a, it's that subtle, playful banter as an example that keeps it light, keeps it fun. Um, and I think organic rituals that come into place between partners, like honoring that, whatever that may be, it's different for everybody, but honoring the time you spend together. And I'm not just saying like the, the time we have like sex, just intimacy, like oils, like some routines are important for connection and touch. I think, you know, if, if a couple doesn't, for me, for us, I feel like the, those moments where we're just connecting by touch and just spending time together, that that also builds on your intimacy. So it's not just what you're doing between the sheets, but it's all the play all around that keeps the the wanting to be between the sheets, if I'm making myself clear. Yeah. Interestingly enough, I was reading uh, Mating in Captivity by Esther Perel recently, and what she was saying, take it for what you will, I'm playing with it in myself, is when you're with somebody for so long and you're always together, it's actually the spaciousness that actually helps with the desire increasing. Of course, that, that's totally different for the different people that we I are. I like right? that's just like distance makes the heart grow fonder. Uh, yeah, kind of. I, I think that could be partially it. And it could just be totally different for Zaina, right? In that she's, she's more of like a, an intimate too. Yes. Yeah. So she's going to experience that totally differently, which, you know, to, to that point, Tyler, I mean, there was, I, I'm, again, she, she, she does a good job of calibrating my reality. Sometimes. So my story with that goes is, I think we just agreed like we'd give ourselves one week of no touch so that yeah. we, so that we um, didn't, we heightened our physiology, our, our, our bodily sensations in the body. Yeah. Um, so that by the time it got time to, we were breaking our touch fast, so to speak. Um, there was a total heightened uh, experience about that. So uh, you know, we've done that. I know that we've done that with spending a, a, a few hours, sometimes a half a day of just not interacting at all. Um, <clears throat> and I remember, but well, that leads me, since we're on topic, this leads me to one of my fun stories. When we were uh, texting back and forth a lot, this was while you were at Montreal, um, like, we, it was going to be like five or six weeks before I saw her. So each week I did one of the five, right? No, it was, uh, it, it was like we had no, I was going to see, I was in California basically. And it was a week before I was going to see him. So every day, and we weren't allowed to touch or anything, but every day he gave me a task to 
entice one of my senses. Like on the smell day, I had to create an essential oil that represents him. On the sight day, like he had an activity. I have it on my on my WhatsApp. And I so these like playful things are very important part of a partnership. Right. Is that what you were trying to Yes. I was getting to the point where I use the five senses and every day I overloaded her with only focusing on one sense about what our relationship represents to her. So she was alluding to the fact of sense uh, of smell. So I gave her instructions, create an essential oil combination that represents sensual and sexual energy about our relationship. The next day was on site and I said, put together a collage of different things picture-wise that represents uh, what our relationship re represents. So, you know, just, it was activities like that, um, that I feel like nurture a different angle. Um, and to answer, you know, uh, your question, Tyler, I think to have a sense of playfulness and a sense of wanting to explore yourself through your sensual, sexual relationship with your partner and being open to really flirt with that play work together is key to keeping that element alive, you know? Like, it's, like, I have a desire to, to I have a desire to see how far I can push myself intimately with him. I have a desire to see how creative we can be in the way we excite each other. So there has to be like a willingness to explore yourself in that realm without any shame. Because there's so much shame in even like, you know, I remember when I was on the podcast, you asked me about like masturbating in front of him, right? And I will tell you that I have resistances to that sometimes, like fully letting go. And yet it's something that I constantly want to play with because I want to explore myself in that realm and push past my boundaries. So it's allowing myself to play in that realm with him, even if sometimes I will shut down to keep myself open and have no shame. You know, that's really important to have that safe space between your partner where you can explore yourself with no shame. I think it keeps that lightness of the sensual, sexual element. And to quickly piggyback on your, on your wisdom there, for me is uh, to be really vulnerable and intimate with yourself in the presence of your partner to me fosters is like the one of the key foundations to being able to add to our conversation today in that um, I'm clear for me as to what her, what she's expresses her vulnerabilities, what she is like, I am wrestling with this and I want to wrestle with this with you. And um, I want to do that with you in your presence. So then there's this open communication. So there's no, there's minimal or lessen, lessening of the hiding. And therefore, the more that we talk about it, it lessens the, the grip of keeping it a secret or keeping it in a shameful space. And then as the partner, then um, I try to step up to create and co-create a space that feels safe for her. And then when she does or doesn't, we get, we get to like debrief it and talk about it and say, you know, uh, I appreciate and acknowledge the fact that you're more open and free about doing X. 
than you were just two months ago or three months ago, or I've said the inverse. It seems like you're still um, feeling how I experience is still struggling with willing to be confident and comfortable in my presence with why. And as I say that, does that resonate with you and what may or may not be true for you? So those things are, I think really foster a vulnerable heartfelt um, connection and in sensual. And then it look, then it ends up being like, I look forward to the next opportunity we have whenever it comes up to explore the, ourselves in that way again. And it feels cool. So do you have any notes on any of that? Yeah. <laughs> um, so something that came up for me is with playfulness, how do you maintain a romantic playfulness versus a friendly playfulness? Because I feel like as a relationship could grow closer um, to me in my experiences that things shift into a more friendly zone and keeping it romantic takes a little bit of effort and focus. Have you noticed that in your experiences at all? Does that feel like anything to be noted? Fall into the friendship zone? No, not the, the relationship. It's the experience of playfulness, the playfulness in general. How do you keep it romantic and sensual and not allow it to shift into a, a brother sister kind of situation or a family kind of situation. I mean, for me, the playfulness, I'm just so like, I mean, playfulness is different for everyone. So playfulness for me is like, you know, expressing my desire for him in like exaggerated ways or, you know, so I don't know if that puts us like, I don't feel ever in our banter that, it's brother, sister. Do you feel that way? Uh, no, I don't feel that way. So um, I'm going to, what I what was coming up for me is like using sensual or sexual toys, um, using oils, um, uh, playing games with each other um, is how I was interpreting your question, uh, Tyler, in regards to keeping it from a, from what I heard you say is how do you keep playfulness within your sexuality? That's how but, I think. Yeah. I mean, my, ex, my experience of long-term relationships is that things will sh like the banter goes, the banter and playfulness, it, it changes from um, like a connecting intimate playful and banterness and shifts into more like a, like a, a brother, sister, like you're kind of jabbing a little bit more, uh, the longer, the longer that I've been in relationships anyways, and this is obviously my experience. So I don't know if you, you have any thoughts or experiences. I have a whole other thought. Okay. So it's not based on that at all. No. Okay. I don't know if we banter in the realm of uh, our, our banter, like our, our playfulness is that like, you know, toys, fantasies, ideas, uh, and sometimes even I mean, when you use the word jab, I don't know, we don't jab at each other in our playfulness. You use the word jab. Not like that. Not like that. He jabs with something else. <laughs> <laughs> True. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if I like that word for that, but <laughs> sure. 
What's your thought? My thought? Yeah. Um, I was like, let's get risky. And we asked at the beginning if there was anything they didn't want to talk about. They said nothing. So I thought, let's end, let's get clear, you know, closer to the end of the conversation talking about something risky. Okay. Um, Should we take our clothes off? No. Well, I mean, it, I don't know. It might be distracting. Um, <laughs> but actually, to that point, I was thinking, how fun would it be to have a particular conversation? So last year, we all in our tribe got together in Sedona, and we partook in some, <laughs> we hung out with Molly a little bit. And then the four of us had an interesting conversation about, like, just playing with the idea, talk about playing and sexuality, playing with the idea of the four of us being in some sort of sexual space together and now that hasn't happened yet but uh i say yet it just hasn't happened will it i don't know but uh zane and i did actually briefly speak about it a little bit recently and i said oh you know i've i've thought about it in the sense of like in one sense being how would you know, our friendship change, you know, the dynamic of our friendship and being concerned about that. If the four of us were to partake in some sexual play, what, what, what would be any concerns that anyone would have, or what would be any like hopes or desires that anyone would have? (laughs) Let's record this conversation. The first thing I would say is I wouldn't want anyone to walk in with any expectations. Mm. I would want to have a conversation about if there's any big no-nos for anyone. I mean, I, I would want it to be a space where everyone feels comfortable to express what they want and don't want and an openness to experience what comes up. Um, yeah, I don't know. Do you want to, I just want to note that reflecting on what we're talking about as our situation is an important thing when reflecting on any sexual situation, whether it be with your partner, like these same, same things can be applied, right? Expectations, desires, um, you know, and we're just applying it to an interesting situation that we're in right now, but listeners take it for applying to many different situations. And do you want to take the floor with what your hopes and desires would be? Oh man. Um, How explicit do I want to go? Well, um, several nights ago, uh, we received a a really playful uh, video actually from Jason. And it happened to be of of, of the beautiful Zaina here, you know, shaking her ass and, being you know fun and fun and sexual as she is and uh i actually happened to be masturbating at this time (laughs) i don't know if jason told you that zana i was actually (laughs) masturbating in the shower and then i got that photo video and i'm thinking to myself we're really going here now i don't know if it's appropriate that i continue to masturbate with this video open so i went back to what i was looking at not helping but be able to think like that just happened holy <laughs> shit like, i just got that video is this a mistake is what i responded anyways i think that <laughs> for real dude for real it was, it was a little uh, a little seed being planted a uh, another seed i guess and so anyways 
for me, like I'm really open to new sexual experiences being a high seven score in the venture and Enneagram novelty and adventure excitement. Like these are really things that light me up. So, um, monogamy doesn't quite do that for me all the time. Like Ashley is amazing. We definitely do our best to keep fiery passion in our relationship, but it's not well, a- with an ass like that. You have to darling. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. She's talking about my butt for anyone who's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> for me, it's exploring in, in a safe container. Like I love you guys. I appreciate you guys. And, um, being in a really vulnerable, intimate container like that would just be extremely fun for me. Like I would love it. I would probably be smiling slash laughing, which would be a little weird probably, but I'd be choking <laughs> it down some way. Like, no, this is serious. Like, you know, it's funny. Cause when Ashley <laughs> asked me, like, would it affect our relationship? I was just thinking like, no, man, we'd be like just comfy and we'd go with the flow. Like no one would do anything they don't want to do. Remember I said that, like, I don't think it would because I like what you said. It's like a safe container, you know, it's people, you know, so there's something the about that. Safe, it's like the, it's like the ultimate safety space. Cause we're not, we're all not just friends. Like we also have that, there's the coaching dynamic. So there's like the, an extra level of vulnerability and intimacy in that way. And then also all of us as individuals do a lot of like this self healing journey for, for ourselves. And so we're, we tend to work on being very aware and very, you know, so it just is this extremely special container, even if it is just the friendship. Something that Ashley asked me too, like, um, she asked me after that photo, like, how would you feel if Jason fucked me? And I I asked that. It was something like that. Okay. I don't remember how I said it. And, uh, man, mom, I am sorry. I mom, said, stop listening. <laughs> I said, uh, Jason, you've met my mom. This is, this is great. Um, I said, you know, honestly, for me to have a brother, somebody I experienced is somebody I really, really fucking appreciate in this world. A brother in that situation would be exciting and fun for me. Like I wouldn't be threatened by that. At least that's my story now. And then I can actually officially call you an Eskimo bro. So there's that too. <laughs> And I remember the first time you sent me, he's like, uh, sent me the reference of an Eskimo bro. And I was like, huh? I don't know what you're talking about. And then you said, dude, you've got to look up at Urban Dictionary. So I was like, oh, okay, got it. Yeah. For me, I would just like to add, um, uh, what am I adding? Um, For me, exploring sexuality is a very uncomfortable, has been a very uncomfortable place. Um, I think through the container of my relationship with Tyler, I have been able to explore further than I have before being with him. Um, and potentially we are in some way going to expand and try other things at some point. I don't know, but for me, it is scary and uncomfortable I'm, I, I'm drawn to that because I know that's where exponential growth can happen. And I'm open to being uncomfortable, especially in the presence of, you know, three people that I really trust. Um, and then I feel, I 
feel that there, I don't know how to say this, but like, I feel like you and I are very young and we're learning and figuring it out. And I feel like I, I have a sense of wisdom that I get from Jason and Zena, like, just like, um, I don't know how, what I'm trying to think of another word to describe it besides wisdom, but like, I hope she wasn't going to go old. We're so young. No, 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 no. I just meant like, I, 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 I'm struggling to find the right word. Um, well, I'll just say, I just feel like you guys are a safe space, I guess. And that I, it would be interesting for me to explore my sexuality with people that I view as like more sexually comfortable and developed. Uh, just really quickly before we get to Jason more so, um, my experience of Ashley is that she does carry a lot of fear into these things, but she's super courageous in actually exploring the things that we have explored. And when she does experience them on the other side, she, for the most part, ends up loving it and then looks back and is like, well, fuck, like, Oh, that didn't need to be so hard like there's just that that little edge there but once she gets there she's yeah i mean just, dive in head first she, yeah i mean <laughs> um i don't know if there's anything else about that okay uh anyways jason do you have any any reflections on that uh yeah so thanks um first i just wanted to acknowledge ash i appreciate your your heart and what you shared uh i think and feel like even for myself um we all have vulnerabilities and we all have perceived stories of comfort and uncomfort and, and everything else. So I, I, I love the human element to all of our shares and what we're sharing. Um, yeah, so to me, it would be uh, an interesting experience. I think uh, being clear and heartfelt and honest and including being honest when we don't want to be honest, um, you know, are all um, beautiful challenges and beautiful opportunities. So, uh, yeah, that was what that's what I wanted to share. Um, another interesting thing that I reflected on there was that um, when we were playing with Molly in Sedona the entire tribe was there, right? It was like this really amazing, beautiful experience that we all had. But none of the tribe knows that we've even discussed this, which is hilarious. <laughs> if they end up li- they're, they're gonna listen to this. <laughs> Maybe we'll record it for them. I'm send pretty it, sure send they it. Would, <laughs> I'm pretty sure they would all vote go for it because they, you know, uh, I don't know. They all know now. Now they know next time all tribe get together and be like, hey, watch out for those there was something else i was trying to get to there but well, that, that captured my, my we were attention. in sedona and all the tribe was oh there. yeah yeah so that was part of it but you know ashley's bouncing around you guys remember she was like all over the place and she comes up to me and she's like i don't remember would you be down to do a foursome with zayna and jason oh did, wasn't it that i was out there having the conversation first and then i pulled you out no no, no, no how no. did it happen came to me first okay oh and then <laughs> and then you went to them oh 
I, anyways, I just thought it was it was funny that in sharing like how it all originated. And if you could just see Ashley's face when she had this discovery and approached me with it, it was <laughs> it was a beautiful moment. I, I was shocked to say the what least. What was my face? Yeah, you're just super stoked. Like, like she was like impressed with herself that she had the idea. Like, I'm open to this sexuality, like something that I've not really been open to. And and I was just going to say, coming from her, having the fear with that realm, I would say that is very courageous and brave. Exactly, exactly. And we know that medicine can really bring the walls down and allow for something like that to happen. Mm Hard opener. All right, you guys. Um, (laughs) Well, we've covered a lot. Is there anything fresh on your heart or genitals right now that you'd like to share? (laughs) Yes. Is there anything that you'd like to share? That I enjoy my experiences of you. That's about it. Aww. <laughs> uh, can, can you can you uh, make the smacking now noise a little just a little louder? <laughs> and they're kissing everybody. They're kissing really intently. You should really see what's happening now. Oh my God, he's going for it. That was a little play-by-play that wasn't actually happening, y'all. Relax. Okay. Um, any other reflections, Final. Jay? Okay. Thoughts, reflections, desires, messages you'd like to communicate with our audience? Um, yeah, the one thing that comes up in this moment is uh, whether it's communication, being vulnerable, banter, sensual, sexual, uh, exploring just within the 101 container or beyond that um, I think it takes a commitment to self, to explore self and to have compassion uh, and resilience uh, in this game of life. And I think uh, those things are, at least for me, I've learned to be appreciative and, and really are important lessons. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I agree with that. And Zane, anything else that you? She already yeah. said her thing. I know she said, but <laughs> just because Jason's, okay. <laughs> so uh, we can ask the both of you uh, together um, at the most influential journey that you as a unit have had that you would like to share. That's our final question, but we get to kind of ask in the context of, of you as a unit. Uh, for me, is uh, as a unit, I think just, you know, with, uh, I want to bring in like, um, as a unit, trying to navigate your autonomy in a partnership, I think that is a profound experience for me. Another really, for me, might be really, it is different for him, is um, the Sydney, how she plays out for me, how, how the experience of Sydney, his daughter, for me is a really profound experience and how I experience her and how I observe her with her father and what that experience brings up in me and my ability to share what's coming up for me in her presence and his presence is one of the most profound things that I go through in our partnership that I really, really deeply appreciate. Mm. Um, You? 
Ash, can you ask your question one more time, please? Yeah. What's the most influential or impactful journey that you two as a unit have been on? Did you get that one, Slapdick? <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> um, I'm in awe and respect, and I really love my story about how we started. And it's been very impactful that we didn't start by just uh, ripping each other's clothes off and just having sex. Uh, we spent nine months, 10 months texting and communicating and sharing our hearts. And so um, that feels like a collaborative or a collective uh, catalyst for, I think, how we handle ourselves. And that the first, I don't know, the first six months, seven, eight months on top of that. Yeah, we'd see each other for roughly a week to 10 days per month for like six months. Um, so we had, you know, this pause in between to either, I would say, you know, either grow closer or grow more apart. So, um, yeah, I think those things have been, at least for me, a really cool story on how it's unfolded. Well, we're super excited to continue witnessing your story and how it will unfold. Mm -hmm. uh, we're honored to be a part of it in any way. Yeah. We love you guys. Thanks so much for spending this time and having such a fun conversation. I know people listening will get so much out of it just from hearing your personal examples and kind of extrapolating that into their own lives. And I'm really excited that we got to finally get you two on to kind of share your message with the peeps out in the yeah, world. Yeah, thanks a lot, Jason, for finally making it happen. <laughs> yeah, hey, listen, better late than never. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys, we're going to stop and say goodbye. Journey doses out of here.